Psalm 65:11 is our scripture for the year. It says you crown 2017 with your goodness and your paths paths drip with abundance. That's us. Amen. I was just meditating about what to speak on this week, and I, and I kind of I kind of knew what I was going to, but um, I felt like the Lord saying this in my heart that we, including me, don't have the right perception of ourselves. We do not have the right perception of ourselves, and I thought, well, what do you mean by that? And um, I just felt like God was saying that you need to think bigger. You're not thinking big enough. And because of that, you limit me when you think small. And so uh, I believe this scripture, Isaiah 43, 19, says, Be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers, and the badlands. God wants to do something new, not only in our city, but he wants to do something new in your life. He wants to do something new in your life. What could that possibly be? Whatever it may be, it's a lot bigger than what you think because you're going to think too small. You are going to think too small. Andrew Murray, there's a lot of people familiar with his writings, but this is the fruit of a life in Christ is life like Christ. This is a small quotation of him. Listen to this. The life of the vine and the branch is so completely identical that the manifestation of that life must be identical too. When the Lord Jesus redeemed us with his blood and presented us to the Father in his righteousness, he did not leave us in the old nature to serve God as best as we can. No, in him dwelt the eternal life, the holy divine life of heaven, and everyone who is in him receives from him that same eternal life in its holy heavenly power. Hence, nothing can be more natural than the claim that he that abides in him, continually receiving life from him, must also walk even as Jesus walked. I know your religious mind, it makes you go tilt to say, I should be walking just like Jesus, but you should. I should. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and me. And so in 1 John 2, 6, it says, anyone who claims to be intimate with God ought to live the same kind of life that Jesus lived. Man, that's good. But you know what that tells me? We are limiting God. We are limiting God. God is not up in heaven withholding his power. He's not up in, first of all, he gave all of his power when he, on the day of Pentecost. All of the power that's ever going to be on this planet from God is here. <clears throat> all of the power that is ever going to be on this planet. How do I know that? Would everybody agree that Jesus is on this planet? Is there any more power than you need than Jesus? Okay, I'm just checking, making sure. Some of you have questioned me, I can tell. So uh, we just want to slap that right out of the audience. All right. What stops us from doing that? I'm telling you, what stops us is that we focus on things that are instead of on things that are not. What is in your life? What is hindering you? That's what people focus on. Your weakness, my weakness, my faults, your faults. 
we should be focusing on things that are not as though as they were. We need to believe bigger and better. I'm telling you, renewing our mind to this thought will help us because we need to get the right perception. We need to see ourselves the way Jesus sees us. Nobody in here does it as well as we should. I said that to a bunch of pastors one time, and they looked at me funny. Kind of like the way you're looking at me. (laughs) Because this is what people think. Well, I'm too young. Did you know, I, I thought from Genesis to Revelation how God tried to get people to think differently. Jeremiah was a prophet. He was a really young, young kid. So God says, I've called you. And the first thing out of his mouth, I'm too young. You know what God said? Don't say you're too young. And then we have the other spectrum, you know, the other end of the, of the line where I'm too old. <laughs> Abraham thought that. Too old to have a kid. God says, don't say you're too old. Well, how about I'm inadequate? Now, that's a big one. I just don't have the ability. I'm inadequate. I just don't have the intelligence. I don't have this. I don't have that. Well, there's times I've said it in my life. You said that in your life. I've said that in my life. And the Lord has always said, no, you're wrong. You remember the story of Gideon? All Israel was just being beaten in the book of Judges. They were just, you know, getting beat down. Their enemies were surrounding them. They weren't serving God. And there was nobody leading, no leader, no warrior. So Gideon was hiding, threshing wheat, taking care of wheat. And all of a sudden, an angel appears before him and says, You mighty hero, you. And so Gideon says, I need to make a correction here. Out of all the 12 tribes of Israel, there's 12. Our tribe of Manasseh is the least of all the 12. And not only are we the least of all the 12, my family is the least in the tribe of Manasseh. And me, I'm the least in my family. So what we're saying here is that I'm the least of the least of the least. And God says, yep, and you're the one that I'm calling hero. I felt like God saying, that's how we all perceive ourselves. Only of our accomplishments or the lack of them. Only what we've done or what we haven't done. And God is saying, I want you to look at a different lens through the lens of God. To get a different perception of yourself to get a different view of yourself and most of us we're so fearful if God wants us to do something new or let let me just quit the spiritualizing there's just something inside you you want to do big you you think of something stepping out and then you think about it you go (laughs) start a new business I don't know how to do that or increase the business you already started you know where everything's good you know let's just not Let's just not stretch it. Fear. We're fearful of that. Let me tell you something, because I've had some fear in my life, in my past. Everything that you fear, let's say you just, what if I really fail royalty and just have all kinds of mistakes? There's one simple phrase I want you to listen to. God is bigger than your mistakes. He's bigger than your mistakes. Don't let fears hinder you or keep you from stepping out. Do it. 
Step out. Think big. Psalm 78, 41 says this. Again and again, they limited God. Who? It wasn't the devil. People saying, you know, the devil is just hindering me. No, he's not. The hindrance is between your ears. Says they limited God, preventing God. They were preventing God from blessing them. We get so religious. You know, what do we do? Churches all around the world. God, pour out your blessing. God, bless me. God, help me. God, help me. Why aren't you blessing me? Why aren't me? He goes, you're preventing it. It's not God. I want to help you out in your prayer life. Quit begging God to do stuff. Thank you for that thunderous amen and applause. It's just blowing me away. Preventing him from blessing them. This is in the old covenant, by the way, Psalms. Continually, they turned back from him and wounded the Holy One. We need to believe God and knowing that God says, you want to do that? Do it. We're waiting on God. God, do you really want me to do this? I'm just praying. And you know what? You talk to those people, and they've been believing and praying for that for six years. Really? Well, you know, you just, I don't want to step out if it's not God. You've been thinking that way for six years. And if you're not challenged, if you're not kicked out of the nest, you're going to be in the nest with mama for the rest of your life. Everybody say, Pastor loves me, by the way. You need to think bigger. Quit limiting God. This article I, I read, there's an advertising agency. It's called the Wizard of Ads. He owns, he's not a minister. He's a, he owns his own advertising company. His name is Roy Williams. He wrote this, and this is where I got the title of the message, Are You Sufficiently Ridiculous? My wife says, you, your, your titles, Mike. I like it. Are you sufficiently ridiculous? That's the name of this article. It says, to accomplish the miraculous, you must attempt the ridiculous. Before you attempt the ridiculous, you must announce it to the world. If you don't have the courage to announce it, you must at least whisper it in the dark. Because it must be spoken, you've got to hear yourself say it. And when you've got, and then you've got to take action. Are you sufficiently ridiculous to do this? You are. You know, people want to accomplish great things, and yet nobody wants to step out. People make fun of Peter because he stepped out of the boat and started to go under. At least he walked on the water. Only two people are ever recorded walking on the water, Jesus and Peter. And Peter's known for, for sinking. I don't know, but I think Jesus recognizes him as the only one who got out of the boat. So my point is, you ought to be hanging around people with wet feet. Everybody, you know, we're taking it safe. No, let's stay dry. Let's stay in the boat. Peter, get in the boat. What are you doing, Peter? Get back in this boat. He went for it. Did you know Jesus didn't say anything to him? Now, Peter, now hang on here. How many know that Jesus knew he was going to go, start to go down? But he didn't say, you're going, no, just get, stay in there, Peter. He, what did he say? Come on. 
Everybody wants to focus on his failure. Jesus, I believe, he focused on him doing it. That's what man will do. They will focus on your failures. They'll focus on your mistakes. And God is saying, I am bigger than any mistake that you can ever make. Wow. But you don't know my mistakes. God does. And he still created you, by the way. You know, when you started making mistakes, God didn't go up to heaven and go, oh, my goodness. I did not know they were going to do that. I mean, no, they, he knows your days from birth, even before you were born, all the way till you die, and he still created you. Why? Because he loves you. He believes in you. Are you sufficiently ridiculous? Well, the Bible says you have it in you, Philippians 4.13. Now, this is a very familiar scripture, but I want you to look at this as if it's the very first time. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything. And equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I think that is sufficiently ridiculous. He has so much sufficiency in him, it's just ridiculous. You have the ability to succeed. You are just staying in the boat. I am just staying in the boat where it's safe, where it's dry, where it's warm, where it's comfortable, convenient. Nobody can say we fail. Nobody can say, well, I didn't go down with Peter. I stayed in the boat. Well, you never heard probably of Columbus, Indiana. Uh, it's a town of about 45,000 people, small town. Not Columbus, Ohio, Columbus, Indiana. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, and Indianapolis is right straight north, and it's kind of in between off I-65. I've passed it many of times, never took the ramp because I didn't think there was anything there but Columbus Indiana is the headquarters for Cummins engines you ever heard of Cummins engines huge huge company and uh, as of 2015 they had 19 billion dollars worth of sales they employ 55,000 people around the world and what India and China has more of their engines than anything else. They're huge. Well, the reason I'm telling this story is because the CEO, J. Irwin Miller, he was the CEO. After World War II, nine months after World War II, the baby boom began. I mean, babies were coming left and right after nine months. Okay, nine months and ten minutes or something like that, you know. But anyway, there was a lot of babies being born. And the problem that the United States had after that is that uh, they knew in five or six years later, there's not going to be sufficient schools. There was a shortage of schools all over the United States. And so the, all the cities started, that happened in Columbus, Indiana. J. Orwell Miller, he was really, he, first, he was a really godly man. And secondly, he was really involved in his city. The reason this is such a connection, he loves Columbus, Indiana, like I love Pueblo, Colorado. He felt sorry for everybody who lived outside of Columbus. I feel sorry for everybody who lives outside of Pueblo. He, he loved it. That means, so he got with city council there, and they were saying, okay, we're going to build schools. And there, he says, okay, what do you have in mind? He says, well, you know, we're just going to build regular brick and mortar schools. He goes, no. No, we're not going to do that. And they said, come again. He says, no, we're not just going to build regular 
brick and mortar buildings. When he saw that, the plans, he, he just says no. J. Irwin Miller started considering the ridiculous. He presented before the city council, he says, I'm going to travel, or I don't know if he traveled, I don't know how he did it, but he got some of the best architects of the world, not America, of the world. And he says, we're going to get plans of architectural plans to build school buildings and other buildings, but they started off with school buildings that have never been built before. Ridiculous, they said. This is what he said. This is a quote by Jay Ort. He, he passed away now. Every one of us lives and moves all his life within the limitations, sight, and influence of architecture. At home, at school, at church, and at work. The influence of architecture with which we are surrounded in our youth affects our lives, our standards, our tastes when we are grown, just as the influence of the parents and teachers with which we are surrounded in our youth affects us as adults. American architecture has never had more creative, imaginative practitioners than it has today. Each of the best of today's architects can contribute something of lasting value to Columbus, Indiana. At that time, its population, it was less than 30,000 people. Less than 30,000 people was the population. Today, it's 45,000. Miller set up a foundation, and they said, okay. So he set up a foundation. And he was going to pay for all their architectural fees and the drawings and everything with one stipulation. He says, once it's presented, you have to build it like that. Cutting edge technology, new and improved, above and beyond. They agreed to it. To this day, they have over 50 famous buildings built by some of the greatest architects of the world in a town of 45,000 people. Listen to these articles. You can Google this, man, these articles. It's known among architects as the Athens of the Prairie. The American Institute of Architects ranks Columbus, this is this will blow you away, ranks Columbus, Indian, this is the American Institute of Architects. We're not talking about a little bitty club. It's the whole United States. Ranks Columbus, Indiana as the sixth most important city in America for architectural innovation and design. Right behind, number one, New York, Chicago, Boston, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., Columbus, Indiana. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. All of those other cities are millions of people. Columbus, Indiana, 45,000. Population of Pueblo, 150,000. Three times the size of Columbus. I'm just saying. National Geographic Traveler ranked Columbus 11th on its historical destinations, describing it as the city of authentic, unique, and unspoiled. Columbus won the national contest for America in Bloom in 2006 and 2004. It was named one of the 10 most playful towns. July 2005 edition of GQ magazine named Columbus one of the 62 reasons to love your country. Jeremy Miller, he could have supported some national charity and everybody would have been happy with that. But people started coming to him and saying, you know, this is ridiculous. He was a multimillionaire. 
Because when he got hired on at, at Cummins, they were going bankrupt and in, in the red. And after he started, he turned that company over, making billions of dollars. He got the benefit of it, became a millionaire, multimillionaire. So they said, you know, why don't you take the money and give it to charity? That's something that will help suffering humanity. And he looked at the people who said that and says, that's a good thing. You ought to do that if that's in your heart to do. What's in my heart is to take Columbus, Indiana, and make it the most beautiful thing that I could possibly dream of. He says, that's inside of me. Man, I heard that, and I go, that's me. I'm going to go to Columbus, Indiana someday. We got a short video clip. I'm going to tell you about it first, but I'm just telling you. It's ridiculous what's inside of me. And you know what? You've got something ridiculous inside of you as well. All of you got something ridiculous in you. Fear may be holding it in. Inadequacy. You don't know your identity because God has created you in his image, by the way. In his image, God has created you. You have the ability to do the most ridiculous thing known to man. How did this man put Columbus, Indiana on the map that architects around the world travel, around the world travel and visit Columbus, Indiana? They have to probably fly into Indianapolis or Louisville, Kentucky to get to it and then rent a car and drive an hour. They don't even have an international airport. They got an airport. If it's bigger than a prop, it ain't going to land there probably. But Doing something big. Why not do something big? Bigger than what you've ever could even think of doing. You say, well, Pastor, I just don't know. When you start just getting quiet, letting yourself think, what comes to your mind? If nothing comes to your mind, you need to talk to God because there is something big inside of you, all of us, that you need to be part of. What feels right to you? Have you said it out loud? Because, when, you know, when you say it out loud, you know, it kind of tends to think, make you think, what did I just say? What am I doing? I, it came out. Well, I do know this. Mediocrity is very expensive. (laughs) Think about that. Stepping out, doing something big should be, for a person who believes in Jesus Christ, should be the norm. Limiting God. J. Irwin Miller said this. Listen to this. This is huge. What is built reflects what a city thinks of itself and what it aims to be. What is built is what a city thinks of itself and what it aims to be. I don't know about you, but I think a lot bigger than what I see in our city. Because I think a lot greater of the goodness of Pueblo, Colorado. And for those who live outside of Pueblo, you know, I don't want people to think, 
Well, I live in Rocky Ford. I live in Penrose. I live in Rye. I live, you know. I thought about that, and I thought, Lord, you know, I've been just saying Pueblo, Pueblo, you know. And he says, when that happens, he says, it'll have a ripple effect, and it'll affect all the surrounding towns. He says, you don't have to worry about that. Nobody's going to get left out. I'm just telling you, there's some of you here, you may not think there's much purpose for your life. I'm here to tell you, it is such a big deal for the purpose that God's put inside of you. You just haven't seen it yet. I'm 57 years old. I feel like I just started pastoring the last six months to a year. For those who don't know me, I've been pastoring for 20-something years. I'm looking at my wife. She not give me any hint. <laughs> I've been in ministry since 1991 when we went to Africa. Here I am now, I'm 57, and all of a sudden I feel like purpose is bigger than what I've ever known before. My point is, God wants you to look inside and know there's something big inside of you. You don't have to wait till you're 57. There's something big in you. There's purpose inside of you. You know, there, there's people who commit suicide a, a lot of times because they just don't have any purpose or sense of value or living. I'm telling you, man is so valuable to God. You are so valuable to God. No one would ever commit suicide if they knew the purpose that God put inside of them. They would not. Are you out there? They just don't know. Their perception is wrong. They don't see clearly, and so they don't think their life is valuable. And God, their heavenly creator, says, you're created in my very image. Man. Well, why not Pueblo? (laughs) Why not your family? Why not you? Why not you? We're always looking to somebody else, and God is saying, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. You are sufficiently ridiculous. (laughs) There is so much in you. James Allen said this, Let a man radically alter his thoughts, and he will be astonished at the rapid transformation it will affect in the material conditions of his life. God has always said things before they came into creation. Whether it's creating the world or speaking into the life of a fearful man hiding from the enemy, threshing wheat. He calls him, you're a mighty hero, Gideon. A mighty hero? And then he tells all of the reasons why he's really not. And the angel never did change his mind. Oh, well, I didn't know you were the least. And I didn't know about this whole Manasseh tribe thing. I didn't know it. No, he didn't change his mind. What he began to do, he did it from all the way back in Abraham, all through the Bible. You study all the people in the Bible. He will talk to them and speak to them. He doesn't change his mind to them. David even committed murder and adultery. God still didn't change his mind about him. Religious people would get upset at that, but he didn't. 
God didn't go to plan B after David did that. <laughs> because we always go to plan B. No, we throw the plan out. Well, God, I can't be used by God anymore. God doesn't love me. God doesn't. But God chased David down and still let him know. Did he do wrong? Yeah, he did wrong. But God says, you're still my man. Are you hearing me? You need to know that's how much God loves you. And there is purpose inside all of you. Don't say you're too young. Don't say you're too old. Don't say I'm inadequate. I don't have the ability because you do. It's a lie. You've just been hearing the wrong thing. So finally God kept telling Gideon, you are a hero. You are a hero. Then you read Judges 5, 6, 7, and 8. You read Judges. What happened? Gideon became so heroic, they built a statue of the dude. Everybody says, he's our man. Oh, wait a minute. What happened to the whole Manasseh and being the least and the least of the family? What happened to that? He started getting a different perception. He started seeing differently. How did that happen? He started hearing the truth. He started hearing the truth. My determined purpose is to make sure you hear truth so you'll see differently so your life will be transformed. There's purpose in each and every one of you. And let me just say this, including myself, it's much bigger than what we have dreamed or even thought of. It's much bigger. Am I just giving you a false sense of hope? No, I'm not. But I'm giving you permission. I'm giving you permission to succeed in a big way. God is inside of you and he wants you to take the limits off a few years ago our family went on a, a road trip I think there was about 25 people in a van that seats 7 <laughs> okay it wasn't but it was full but we went on a road trip grandkids and all man inside this van luggage rack we had to put stuff on it. there was no all the way to Kentucky from Pueblo so I, I try to prepare myself, and this was several, I don't know what year it was, but I got uh, the audio book of Don't Limit God by Andrew Womack. Anybody read it? We bought a bunch of these, and next week we'll, we'll sell them for whatever we paid for them. I think it was $9. So uh, next week you can, we can pick up, you can pick up a copy. But I listened to that years ago, and I thought, wow, that, that's a nice, that was a nice book. That was a nice, it was good. And so I started listening to it again a few weeks ago, and I thought, man, this is great. And, and I thought, wow, what, what was I listening to all those years ago? It kind of makes me feel like people who listen to my message in church sometimes. <laughs> oh, that was, great, that was a great message, Pastor. Great, great message. <laughs> so now I know what people have been thinking, because that's kind of what I, when I first heard that, I go, wow, that was, that was really nice. It's really nice. I started listening to it again. I thought, this is life changing. Oh, my goodness. What was I listening to? I wasn't. God is saying, take the limits off of me. You are limiting me, Mike. You are. Not the devil. Not any person on this planet. Not your heritage. Not your past. Not your family tree. And all of the nuts in the tree. No, but anyway, not, not your tree. Imagine yourself successful. Don't limit God. 
You can take it to the bank. I'm doing it and you're doing it. We're all limiting God. And if you want things to be different in your life, quit begging. And let me tell you this. I was praying. I was up early this morning and praying and somebody is really battling something and you really don't know how to defeat it. And I'm gonna give you the answer. You need to start thanking God for the victory. Isn't that such a simple thing to do? And the thing is, you know to do it, but it just hasn't been, you haven't been doing it. Thanking God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that I have victory over whatever it is. I don't know if it's financial, if it's physical, or it's whatever the problem is. You just need to start thanking him. So, man, I was going around my house in the living room. I got a track. I'm probably wearing out the wood floor, but I just started thanking God, thanking God for him building a youth rec center in our city, for building a Rocky Mountain Family Church building that will be awesome, for building a single parent, single mom's facility that she doesn't have to worry about anything, for building our city. Thank you, God. I don't know how you're going to do it, God, but I'm thankful that you're doing it. I'm thanking you in advance. And I started thanking him for all that he's doing through your lives. I started thanking God for using you, putting purpose so big in you, and taking off the limits. We are taking the limits off of God. And it's going to be big and it's going to be huge. Amen? Let's stand. Praise God. Imagination allows you to see what could and should be, but is not. God wants you to see it. Because if you can see it, it can be manifested. The good news is you don't have to come up with the money. You don't have to come up with a plan. You just come up with the faith to believe God. God, I believe you can do this. And then you start thanking him for it. Thank God for everything that you want to happen in your life. Don't wait. Most people wait till they see it, then they thank God. What I'm telling you is to thank God now. Thank Him now. Amen.